From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. my favorite Christmas song, one of them anyway. I'm Larry Kudlow. I think I think I'm cousin Brucey, but I'm really Larry Kudlow. Welcome back everybody. We're gonna talk money and politics with Liz Peak, Fox News contributor and syndicated columnist and Steve Moore, Freedom Works Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, and WABC radio host of More Money on most of these same stations. Welcome back, kids. Merry Christmas to both of you. And I want to begin with Merry Christmas to the economy, right? The economy in 2023 outperformed the expectations of pretty much everybody. Not only was there no recession, it's probably going to wind up growing 3% or someplace around there. So I want to ask you guys about that. Election year influence? If Joe Biden had any brains, he'd quit Bidenomics. I don't know what that means, but... It just seems like the stock market roaring, the economy doing well, the jobs market holding up. So, Liz Peak, why is everybody down on Joe Biden's economy? <laughs> it looks pretty good to me. It's it's a good question, and I think the White House is absolutely going crazy trying to figure it out. Um, obviously, it's inflation, Larry. That's what really has been a focus of everybody for the last two years. And that could change. Uh, it, it could change in the sense that inflation really is coming down. There's no doubt about it. Uh, whether that resonates with people when they don't see prices coming down is unclear. I think everyone is still very much alert to the fact that everything costs 20% more than it did a couple of years ago. And not everyone has gotten a 20% raise. But I, I have to say the latest enthusiasm in the stock market in consumer spending is related, right? Because when the stock market goes up, uh, consumer net worth goes up, and con- confidence is a little bit better, and people start to spend, even though maybe in terms of debt and so forth, they should be pulling in their horns. But the crazy thing is the Fed is encouraging this. The Fed in the last few weeks has kind of gone from, oh, we're not even considering rate cuts, to, yeah, now there are three rate cuts uh, penciled in for next year, which has set off this huge drama in the stock market, where now uh, there's an 86% chance that rate cuts are going to start in March. So I, I don't know what Jay Powell was thinking, because that kind of works against this whole you know, effort to slow the economy and, and slow inflation. But that's where we are, and people are feeling really good, good about it. Well, as I said in the last segment, and Kevin Hassett said it on the show this past week, the Fed's got to juice the economy for Biden. The Democratic Fed's got to juice the economy for Biden. But, you know, Steve Moore, let's see, the PCE deflator last three months, 1.4% at an annual rate. The core is 2.2. So that's pretty good. Liz is right. Not all prices Mm -hmm. have come down. Uh, but the economy is stronger than most folks thought. And um, 
doesn't seem to be helping Joe Biden, whose polls continue <laughs> to sink. It's a very interesting conundrum, Steve. Well, I think it's people really working hard, like you are. I mean, I can't believe you're working today, Larry. (laughs) (laughs) Neither can can I. (laughs) And by the way, I hope your producer can get Santa Baby, because that's my favorite. uh, (laughs) We'll get it for the next Uh, segment. Who did Santa Baby? (laughs) But... uh, Look, I mean, it's it's impressive uh, what the, the recovery that's happened, and uh, so um, that's a good thing. I agree with Liz. I think the problem has been that uh, Americans, uh, you know, it's it really has been, you know, for people invested in the market and uh, you know for higher income people, it's been a, a great great year, but you know, lower and middle class, working class people are still suffering from the twenty percent rise in prices. Mm. You know. Uh, my uh, blessed wife Anne the other day, you know, was hearing me on radio shows like this talking about, you know, inflation is down to three or four percent. She literally grabbed me by the arm and she said, "I'm taking you to the grocery store. <laughs> You're going with me to the hardware store because she says you don't have no idea what things cost because she's the one who buys the things, not me. And she, you know, I, what eight dollars and fifty cents now for a box of uh, Wheaties? Yeah. I mean, it really is. So I, my point is, I think people are still struggling. Uh, if they're living on a fixed income and those prices. So when Biden says the the price have come down, no, prices haven't come down. The rate of inflation has come down, but, but people are still feeling that uh, fact. But one other thing, since this is Christmas, I mean, you just got to salute American businesses and small businesses and our companies. I, we talked last week about the Magnificent Seven. I mean, we just rock. We have great, great companies. We're an innovative, entrepreneurial economy, and I love it. We're out competing everybody, Larry. And by the way, um, tax rates remain relatively low. Most of the Trump tax cuts are still in place. It's not a small thing, and we forget about that. Uh, So this is still something of a supply-side economy. Biden has tried to overwhelm it with high regulations, uh, particularly fossil fuels, but also small business regulations. But the fact remains... He was unable to reverse and overthrow the uh, Trump tax cuts. And so you still have a low tax economy. However, Liz, if, you know, in recent months, wages have increased more than inflation. Yeah. I just wonder, you know, if that trend continues. I don't know that it will, but if it does, I'd say that's another issue. And one more point. We were looking at the Fox Business poll uh, for likely voters, likely caucus goers in Iowa. And the issue, economy is still the top issue, but it's fallen about 10 points from where it was in September. The new hottest issue, uh, which is up about a dozen points, is the border. Yeah. And Biden is very, very vulnerable on the border. In fact, he's down in Mexico begging Obrador to help him on the border because he can't help himself. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Americans are really horrified. The numbers just get worse and worse. And Biden has rot- trotted out a couple of sort of half measures uh, attempting to cut down on the numbers. And it just hasn't made any, made any difference. And I think, you know, um, we all were very alert to the fact that there were migrants being shipped to New York and to Chicago and Philadelphia and so forth. But now, but the numbers now have become undeniable. I mean, you can't live in these cities without being very aware of the impact of an open border has had 
on our economy and on our cities. And, you know, uh, it is, I just think it's unconscionable. It is the one thing that this government did right when they came into office and were determined to undo everything Trump did, even if those were good things, even if they had a positive outcome. He just willy-nilly tore up the, the playbook And now he's suffering the consequences. And, Larry, he deserves to. He has made not a single move to rectify this. And the astonishing thing to me is that Republicans have given him an offer. Here's a deal. We're going to put through some tighter measures, nothing draconian, but something to maybe get this situation under control. And then you can have the money you really, really want and need for Ukraine and Israel. And Joe Biden won't budge. What is wrong with the man? I, this seems like a political gift at Christmas time, and Biden, Biden's going to go off to the Caribbean for a week and, you know, relax because it's been a, such a stressful thing for him. I mean, can honestly, he, I can't can get, get my head around it. Can he get back? <laughs> if he goes to the Caribbean, can he get back? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> really. He's, really. He's, he's going to have to get – he'll go through the fence. You know, a lot of Americans have gone through the fences because <laughs> the ports of entry have all been closed I mean, I say I'm laughing, but there's a lot of truth in that. That's what the numbers show. You know, Steve Moore, uh, let's see, three, four years ago, four and a half years ago, um, President Obrador wouldn't help Donald Trump on the border. So Trump Mm -hmm. said, I'll double your car tariffs. I'll double your manufacturing tariffs. We're your biggest market, and you're going to see an economic collapse. Now, Joe Biden doesn't have the backbone to do that kind of thing. So he's on bended knee this weekend. He's on bended knee with the Obrador. I think that's pretty pathetic. Look, does anybody actually, I mean, Liz is right. Biden doesn't want to control the border. No, that's right. He doesn't. So, you know, this is all make-believe. They wanted an out-of-control border. They really do. And by the way, you're talking to a very pro-immigration person. I, I've said it so many times on your show. I think immigrants are absolutely vital to our economy. But, my gosh, he's undermining our legal immigration system. He's undermining our, um, you know, it, it, it's inhumane what he's doing. I mean, you see these tens of thousands of people lined up on the other side of the border, and it's just it, it breaks your heart what he's doing to these people. It's, it doesn't help anyone. Um, and it's under, as I said, it's undermining. And, and for him to say, "Oh, we're going to make a deal with the Republicans," no, he's not. I mean, yeah. it's pretty clear. No American wants a deal until until we have the border secure. Mm. Ronald, I mean, mm. everybody knows that. And and he's saying, "Oh, first we're going to have an amnesty, and then we're going to fix the border." No way. Yeah. Well, I think. If he were smart, they're not smart. The left wing of the party controls it. You know, um, I heard Fox News last night. We were driving up here, and um, minority groups, blacks in particular, this came out of Chicago, actually, but blacks are furious at this because they feel like they're losing jobs. They feel like their wages are uh, falling because of the cheap labor from the illegal immigrants. And Trump is going to campaign in Illinois, and Trump is going to campaign in New York. It's very interesting. And he's going to campaign on the border, Liz. How about yeah, those well, apples? Well, you know, don't forget, we have a Republican majority in the House, partly because of New York, or maybe largely yeah. because of New York, yeah. flipping some seats. And I think it was really important to the Republican Party to keep that. But he's not crazy. I mean, all, you know, other than New York City uh, kind of intractable Democrats and progressives, 
New York voters are sick to death of what's happening here, and they're leaving the state. I mean, that, you know, we had another blow this week showing the number of, what was it, 217,000 people leaving New York. And these are productive people who pay taxes, Larry. So you would think at some point Democrats would say, you know, this isn't great for us because we're losing seats in the legis- in, in Congress because New York is shrinking, California is shrinking, and Republicans are gaining those seats uh, because people are moving. I mean, at some point, don't they have to pay attention to that? Does that affect the um, November election? The I don't in think. Seats? I don't think there's going to be a change between. No. It has to be with a census, and we've yeah. already had that, right, uh, Steve? I think maybe you know this more than I do. Steve. Steve. Lost I, I think the timing of it, Larry, is is like every 10 years or something like that. But the trends are underway, and it won't help Democrats to to have this seepage of people out of the states that they control. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of astonishing. And unfortunately, yeah. they have one playbook. If things get worse financially in a state like New York, where we have this now $12 billion problem with migrants, fat, mm-hmm. feeding and housing migrants because we have a sanctuary city problem, uh, then their only playbook is to raise taxes. And you're already hearing talk of that. And, of course, what does that do? Anyone who's sort of on the margin says, you know what, I'm out of here. And, by the way, I've heard several people say in the last week, reparations in New York? Are you kidding me? What are they thinking? That happens. I am definitely out of here. Well, Andrew Cuomo is going to be the next mayor. I saw that. Yeah, Andrew Cuomo. The Cuomo's have never seemed to go away, no matter how much they screw up things. That's just what New York needs. Andrew Cuomo is the next mayor. Be kind of cool. Anyway, I'm Cudlow. Merry Christmas. We got Liz Peak. We got Steve Moore. We're going to have the Ronettes on the other side, and maybe we're going to have another Christmas jingle. I'm Cudlow. I'm not Cousin Brucey, but you never know how things are going to shake out. We'll be right back after this. Larry Kudlow. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl, Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa baby, a 54 convertible to light blue. All right, we're spinning the discs for Steve Moore. Actually, I like that, Santa baby. I like that a lot. I always wanted to be, I want to be Cousin Brucey, but I'm still cuddling. Yeah. By anyway, the way, my, we, favorite, my favorite line in that uh, song is, uh, another thing I want is a ring, and not the one on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Steve Moore, Freedom Works, Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, and radio host of More Money after this show on many of these same stations, and Liz Peak, Fox News contributor and syndicated columnist, so we got a few minutes left. Um, there's an interesting headline in the New York Sun. Who lost U.S. Steel? It's kind mm. of an interesting story. I had uh, Bob Lighthizer on the show this past week. I had Wilbur Ross on the show. They were uh, the authors of the um, of the steel uh, and aluminum tariffs, uh, which Steve Moore and I and Art Laffer opposed. 
In fact, we showed the National Review article, Steve, that we wrote uh, <laughs> five years ago. Five years yeah. plus, Arthur was on. Yeah. We were yeah. right about it. But it is interesting. Uh, Nippon Steel of Japan is buying U.S. steel. you got a big revolt here, uh, bipartisan. you got Fetterman, the Democrat from Pennsylvania, and you got J.D. Vance, and you got Hawley, and you got uh, Rubio, Marco Rubio. Uh, they don't want the deal to go through. I think mm-hmm. there's going to be a Scythius uh, yeah. internal uh, uh, debate about this a committee uh, for, on foreign investment. Um, the idea here is friend shoring. It's not exactly offshoring, but it's not onshoring either. Uh, how important is this, Steve Moore? What do you make of it? Well, I think the lesson here is that whenever you get the government subsidizing or trying to artificially inflate a uh, a sector of the economy, and that was true of the automobile industry, the steel industry, uh, it's true, by the way, now of green energy, it's the surest way to failure. (laughs) And so the free market works. We can produce steel in this country. We can produce cars in this country if the government would get the hell out of the way. If I were uh, Donald Trump, what I would say is, look, let's get back to my policies of low taxes. How about, uh, you know, when you said that there were no tax increases this year, you were right. But you know what happens on uh, on January 1st is that some of that expensing yeah. provision, which allows companies to write off their capital investment, goes away. So that's that's only going to make it harder for companies to invest. Well, that's in the United second States. year. It's, it's um, They yeah. lost 20 percent of it. And they and lose they, another twenty yeah. percent. So yeah, that's yeah, and correct. And eventually, eventually, uh, under Biden's plan, it goes away. So mm-hmm. my point is, rather than subsidizing these industries or giving giving them tariffs, why don't we just encourage have a have an environment that encourages uh, investment in the United States? It worked for Trump. How much money did we bring back in, Larry? Over a trillion dollars. About a trillion, yeah, it's over yeah. a trillion. But Liz, um, Lighthizer made a good point, and it's in the New York Sun editorial. You know, China, uh, which is using its state subsidies to finance steel, and they undercut everybody with low prices because of that. Nippon Steel, by the way, is interesting. I know Japan is a friendly country and a great ally of America's, of course, but Nippon Steel produces a lot of its steel in China, which gets the benefit of these subsidies. So this is a pretty tricky question on national security grounds as well as trade grounds. But but we will be maintaining our steel-making presence through this deal, right? I mean, the factories aren't going to close, presumably, in the United States, because then why would they be doing this deal? Yeah. You know, they're so, going to keep but, the... Yes, there's 11,000 union workers uh, plus, yes. They will, they will stay open. I mean, my my view of some of these things, I agree with Steve. It just seems to me like every time the government is subsidizing another industry, and by the way, the latest one I would cite is the semiconductor business. Yeah, I have no right. idea why we had to allocate $50 billion of taxpayer money <laughs> to the most profitable industry in the world, and one which, by the way, wanted to produce in the United States because a lot of production is in Taiwan, which is in a precarious political, Mm -hmm. geopolitical situation. Mm -hmm. There's no mystery about why the United States should be uh, attractive to manufacturing. And by the way, one of the things we haven't mentioned, incredibly important to the steelmaking industry, is power. We have Mm -hmm. cheap power. If you look at us 
compared to Germany, for example, our power costs are anywhere from half to one quarter of mm-hmm. what Germany's are. So, you know, I, I think company, a country like Japan looks around the world, they say, okay, where is there a trained workforce, uh, a huge domestic market, cheap power, uh, and, you know, a government that is sort of mildly cognizant of trying to keep businesses going, the United States seems like a good bet. The other obvious industry that's a problem is the EV industry. And I noticed uh, in the FT there was a story about uh, China looking at building factories in Mexico. Whatever we do to protect an industry, they're going to find a way around it. And it's well, really a lost cause. Merry Christmas, be... Larry. Merry Christmas <laughs> to you. Christmas Merry Christmas to, to Liz. You're both fabulous. All units to the technology units, to some of our crowd control units, uh, to also our medical.